It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Connacht have beaten the Scarlets by 13 points on this week's panel. Nigel. Thanks, Rob. Welcome along. Thank you. It's good to be here. Happy environment. Great. Really happy environment, yeah. Very good. Very good. Dave Finn, you must be happy. I am extremely happy, extremely satisfied and waiting for, can't wait for some more. I love the way his whole head just shifted over and, God, yeah, I really am. I don't want this to be misinterpreted. Lindy McKenzie, welcome along. This is very good. Connacht have been accumulating points from one game to the next, but they really did need this win. They've got it. Sports Ground's a great place to win Connacht win, isn't it? Great atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it? Abs- it was absolutely a perfect atmosphere. And I'm kind of surprised because in the, pre- in the pre-match interviews this week with Andy Friend, he said he believed that this match was going to be a cracker. So I really have to have a talk to Andy Friend to find out that you know where he's getting his you know where he's getting his information from because it turned out just like that. It was a superb match. It was there was a great atmosphere, um, and on this occasion, Connor won, which is is brilliant going forward. The numbers are amazing. 24 defenders beaten by Connacht to 10 by the Scarlets. At 75% territory, 70% possession for Connacht. Fantastic. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Um, I was just, I was blown. I've been getting blown away more and more by Jack Carty this year. Yeah. I just, uh, Lily said she'd like to talk to Andy Friend. I'd love to talk to him too because um, I'm sure it's not just down to him. Um, but uh, Jack Carty is, he's come on, he's like the young fellow we watched playing, you know, Connacht under 20s and for Buccaneers when he was a kid. Like, he, you know, he owned the pitch and all that. And today mm. he just, when he's super confident, he's, he's on fire. Uh, he was uh, excellent. Uh, great kick in display as well. I just I thought he was brilliant yeah. yeah I'd say if you're an opponent and you see Jack Hardy's in the mood and must be just like a really really head scratcher how are you going to get around him he got a great reception from the support as well and we're going to hear from him in the podcast as well as Andy Friend a little bit later but well worth a listen actually he's one of the more expressive and, and very interesting players to listen to so well worth a listen Dave yeah just on that and on the bigger picture there's a nice vibe around here do you know actually before I talk to you Dave Lindley it's worth noting that Andy Friend just in the wider press conference he really does strive to give credit to his management team every chance he gets I really like that again he said it's not my attack system it's Nigel Carolyn's attack system it's not my defence system it's uh, Peter Wilkins defence system yeah, I always I always find that interesting um, he obviously is a person who likes to give ownership to his players himself and to his management team of course that can work both ways can't it when things go wrong yeah it's true but, but like he, we've only heard it so far being brought up in the context of positivity which I think is good management and leadership you've got to understand that his job is I think he just he seems to be an overall manager as well as a head coach yeah he's look he's he's come in here he's he, he's got he's vastly experienced in terms of management let's say I mean he's had huge amounts of jobs so he's obviously vastly experienced in the types of environment that he's gone into so he's, he's come in here he's understood the situation that he's come in, he's had the benefit of his of all his previous experience to come in. Remember, he he's come into a setup whereby there were uh, the structures were in situ, the most of the management were in situ, and so he's let that continue. I mean, there's no point him coming and prop, you know, and changing everything and mm. upsetting the, you know, upsetting everything. So he's kind of taken the step back and said, well, let's let's continue on and progress from the system that everybody enjoys playing and that can work and is, is obviously come in and is perfecting those systems and perfecting those individuals and those individuals like Jack Cardi look Jack Cardi should easily have won man of the match this evening so, yeah. Karen Marmion could have won it this mm-hmm. evening um, we know Bundy did win it but you know there were a number of people who put their hands up and I think that's a, you know that is a brilliant a brilliant sign for Connacht we've purposely gone deep into it straight away why not because we're buzzing after that 
Absolutely, I would suggest that. I think I think it's Murray Kinsler has a tweet saying it was a one to twenty three performance, and it was a one to twenty three performance because they came had, on and got well, that turnover. And I'm going to put it this way: the only player who couldn't, who didn't see to his maximum potential, was Gavin Thornby, and he went off after two minutes. Yeah. So I think he would have shown us his maximum potential. Um, Ultram was Ultram was superb off the bench. I think Copeland was. Copeland's impact, literally and metaphorically, that team was huge. He allowed players to. He wasn't necessarily the galloping down the wing that we, we saw at the end of the season that, that monster, but he didn't have to be because other guys to do it for it. I thought Dave Heff carried a lot of the ball, then when he went off, Tom Mack came on. I thought the two replacement plops. They won penalties, they got turnover ball, they were involved in carrying the ball. Those are two guys who actually have improved. You can see their improvement already this season under Andy Friend. Um, one to 23, very impressed with everybody. Right, let's get some audio and then we'll talk more. Uh, first of all, Andy Friend and then Jack Carty. Andy Friend, an incredible result for Connacht, a really important one as well, but you must first and foremost just be elated with the way you've come out on top on this one. Yeah, really proud of the boys. I thought uh, um, to hold their nerves, especially in that last probably eight minutes when they came back to within six points, uh, yeah, they're the sort of moments which will tell you whether the team's growing or whether the team's stagnant. And, and for me, we grew, um, which, you know, it's only early doors in the season, but uh, to be able to show that resolve there and that, um, that fortitude to stick to the plan and, and get that last try was really special. Yeah, that Niadi Alokan try seems like a real groundbreaking moment. I know you've gathered a lot of points on the table in the last few weeks, but it's all topped off now by the kind of result that you really needed, isn't it? Yeah, we did. We did, you know, it's... As we said last week, if we didn't get that result, it wasn't the end of the, end of the world either. But mm. um, every performance, you want to see that we're getting better, and, and I believe we are getting better. And I think we uh, we showed that out there today. Explain to me how a game can play out like that: seventy-five percent territory, around seventy percent possession. Yet they scored two tries that nearly looked, you know, they looked really dominant on those tries, and certainly looked like they were able to carve Connacht open. So it's kind of a funny balance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's something we've got to have a look at. Um, uh, and, but that's that's a uh, compliment to them as a rugby mm. side too. You know they're a good side. They've got a lot of internationals in that team, and um, they can make you look silly if you give them an inch. So uh, I, I thought, you know, we worked real hard for our tries. I thought a couple of theirs um, probably did open us up a bit too easy. So they're things that, again, in in only game four, uh, things we've got to continue to work on. And. And I know just knowing the attitude of these, these blokes that they will work on that and we'll get better. You got a good impact from your bench then when it really mattered as well. I thought they were great. I really did. I thought um, to a man they came on and they added added a bit more energy, a bit more spark to it. I thought the starting 15 did a really good job. Um, but you know, it, it was only when they started to cramp, which means they've given everything they've got, that we did start to take them off. And I thought the bench came on and and complimented that work that had happened before. It's kind of difficult to, to discern a pattern to the way Connacht are playing attacking-wise because you're really mixing it up. I presume that's something that makes you happy. It does, yeah. And, and yeah, I've got Jack Carty sitting here beside me. I thought his game control was excellent. We you know, we talked about it after Zebra game, keeping that ball in front of the forwards. And uh, I thought there tonight we did that really well. You know, At the appropriate times, Jack Turnham put him in the corner and, and they had to come back out the appropriate times we played when we wanted to play. And I thought Marmo did well, and I thought Blady, when he came on, did very well. So our game controllers, our nines and tens, ten at the back, I think they're doing a great job with uh, with playing in the right areas. I know you say that the result wasn't going to change everything if you didn't win it, but it's got to change some small things in the group going into next week now. Listen, you, you don't want to be losing games of football, let me get, don't get me wrong there. So we certainly wanted that win, but mm. if we hadn't got that win, um, you know, I just... I know we still would have 
shown resolve next week and resilience and, and would have kept building. So to get that win, yeah, that's, that's a real plus. And I said to the boys in the shed afterwards, enjoy that. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to enjoy those wins when you knock off big sides like that and play the way you played. So we will enjoy that. Uh, we'll temper that though, knowing that we've got Leinster next weekend and that's, um, that's our next focus. Well, how different do you think the Leinster test is going to be compared to what you saw from Scarlett's? Because we're talking about two very, very good sides, two, two finalists from last year. Like. Yeah, we, you know, we've, we've also met Glasgow and went close to them too. Um, Edinburgh's not a bad football side either. Zebra on their day. So we, you know, every team that we, we meet uh, in this competition is going to bring something slightly different. We, we know uh, about the importance of, of the inner pros and, and Leinster coming down. We know that you know, last year... Leinster came down here and didn't have the best results, so they'll be they'll be smarting from that. Um, it's about our game and what we do. Uh, and what I'm, I'm I've been really pleased with the fellas that every single game that we've played, we've got better. The things we've talked about, we've worked on, and we've seen we've seen that come out on the on the field. So um, we'll sit down on Monday and have a have a closer look at uh, the areas that we think we can improve. And uh, I promise you, next Sunday we'll give our best. Jack, this is, this is a massive result. First and foremost, I think the rest of the league's going to take note as well. I know you don't care about that, but as a group, you must be very proud of the win tonight. Uh, yeah, look, um, the manner of, I suppose, and how we won. Um, obviously, last week was disappointing in terms of our um, discipline and stuff like that, but I think the manner and how we won that um, was probably questions asked of us um, last week, and then there was questions asked of us as a group again when Scarlett scored in, that, scored in the last few minutes. Um, and as I said before, as maybe over previous years, Connacht teams would have kind of went out and they would have lost that game at the end. So it shows how how strong of a strong group we are that we kind of close that game out and uh, we were finished convincing them. It's funny because we were starting to worry. Uh, the game was only six points. I could hear the Scarlet fans in the corner uh, make, starting to sing. Yeah. And just at that moment, Bundiaki makes a tackle and Kieran Blake gets over the ball, turns it over. Sean O'Brien, brilliant. And the other, you look him. That turnover from Blake was huge. But is that the difference? You just kind of said no. The momentum might be with them, but we're going to stop that. Uh, yeah, look, we're lucky that we have a wide range of leaders across the team. We've obviously JB, we've Tiernan, and then we have, um, I think it was Tom McCartney at the time. So we, we all kind of regathered under the sticks and we kind of just spoke about what we were going to do for the next few minutes. Um, we got a long kick, we kicked a long left, and um, Heels and the lads made a good tackle there. And it was just about, obviously, Scarlett's like to move the ball to, to width, and we talked about that at half time. So just kind of about closing that off. Um, obviously they have attacking threats everywhere so it's obviously positives for us is that we kind of regathered underneath the sticks we said what we were going to do um, and we did that and we ended up scoring a drive so that was really good Listeners will hear this you've said this before you live every moment of a game and you remember a lot of it afterwards yeah. uh, how do you control like not getting too caught up in your mistakes you barely had one today do you try and just take each moment at a time like? uh, yeah look it's something I'm trying to improve on I was a bit pretty disappointed about the uh, kick out in the full in the first half and maybe there was um, I think the kick to CK I think there was maybe a four on one outside me so you managed um, to find two <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah just I suppose it's about um, have them, the lads around you when you maybe make a mistake it's it's, it's quite easy to say next job focus but when you have fellas around you kind of speaking to you to do that when you have um, Bundy outside you and kind of Marmo inside you it's two world class players so it, it's really an armchair drive for me I just kind of when them lads talk to me it's obviously quite easy for me to make decisions. Uh, Andy's very quick to give praise to the whole management team. You often hear him say whose plan it is. Yeah. They seem to be working as a group. Do you feel there's a good vibe coming from them and that the players reacted well to it? Yeah, look, there's good synergy between all the um, the coaching group there. Um, everyone enjoys each other's company around here mm. um, and everyone works hard for each other and the coaches are probably the hardest workers out of everyone here. 
um, that the hours they put in, and it's not just um, it's not just obviously the coaches, the um, game coaches like Pete Wilkins and all that, but you have the S and C and you have the people upstairs, and I think when the whole club come together like that, you get obviously results like that. So obviously everyone will look to the playing group and the, the professional team, but it's really a big win for the whole organisation, people upstairs who obviously put seats, uh, bums and seats and stuff like that. So it's been it's been really really good for us, and I think it's important to build on it for next week. Yeah, because they need the wins. You guys can say right, we're going to focus on the performance, but the wins makes their job a lot easier, and it makes the whole thing just work that bit better, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Look, um, I suppose when we, when you look at the the couple of games, um, three home games against well, we had four home games. We had uh, Zebra as well. Uh, Glasgow, Scarlets and Leinster and it's testament to I suppose the fans and um, some people don't have the money to be coming out to three big home games like that who don't have season tickets and the fact that people are coming out and supporting us like that we really appreciate it and I suppose it's about us giving back to them and I think we did that this evening so hopefully we can get the same support as last week and or the same as supporters this week for next week. So. You, you got a savage reception from the supporters going off there. What's that like? Because not many of us get to experience that, but they really appreciated the effort you yourself put in. Uh, yeah, look, um, obviously my performances over the years have been kind of up and down, so uh, it was nice to kind of come off with a few minutes left with the win the bag and for the, the support to um, the, the clan to give me a, a reception like that. So it was really, really nice for them, and I just hope that we can keep doing that for them because obviously they, they, love, they love coming out here. Um, it's really special for us when they give us give me reception and give the lads reception like that. And as you know, teams don't really like coming here when um, the clan get on your back. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. The voice of Jack Carty, he really thinks deeply about the game, Niall, and he's very self-critical as well. Some would say perhaps sometimes uh, he might be too self-critical, but I think he's on top of his stuff this year. Oh, he's he's been fantastic. Like all year in Edinburgh, I thought he was. I thought mm. he was excellent. I agree. You know, like he, everybody will make a mistake, and he, you know, and he, he's not infallible. Like he'll he'll do, he'll do it in games every now and again, but it, it's not affecting him now. I always felt that he's had could drop a little bit and I'd hate to say that happened to him again but he seems older and you know just that bit tougher And but at the same time I was just I don't know who I was saying it there I remember seeing him playing for Buccaneers and he was 18 or 19 I think he was on the series and he just bossed the pitch and owned the pitch and um, he just I haven't seen him ever do that for Connacht I'll be honest like let's say always felt, I never really felt he truly owned the pitch when he's up but today it was uh, was utter it was fantastic I was just, just saying there maybe I don't know maybe that's friend, Andy Friend's gift is that he can empower people to, to you know, give them the owner, the self ownership of whatever they're doing, and it seems. Listen, I don't know. It's, a, it's early days, but it seems to work on that. Yeah, I think I, I think you also have to realise that it, where Jack has come from and who he's been playing behind, and you know, he he had to come in and take over in a situation where there were no scrum, no outhouse really in Connacht, and then, and he was quite young. And then remember, he did have that awful accident where he lost his spleen. And I thought people, people I thought were overly critical of Jack during that period when he came back from that. Now he's obviously, I think the whole Connet setup has actually sort of has become more willing to not just empower the players, but actually to coach the players. You've got, you know, you look at Eric, who is taking a huge role with the Eagles and with all the players and I think 
when we see um, the IRFU sending down, you know, their kicking coaches and their backs coaches, you know, that that is helping, you know, people like Jack as well. Yeah, and the key point is it's the essence of the reason why we're so determined 15 years ago to keep this team alive and why right now we're so proud to have it it's not just that we have a rugby team that represents us I've always said this it's it's that we have a place for Sean O'Brien to absolutely flourish and we know it's harder if you only had three provinces it's obviously harder but on top of that trying to break into systems and traditions and, and hierarchies it's very tough our guys West of Ireland guys Caelan Blade from Monave comes on to one of the most intense games of the weekend in professional rugby and changes the game with an incredible turnover one of many guys in that move who, who took it on after him Sean O'Brien yeah, exactly, exactly. No, we do need our, you know, um, local fellas. Um, yeah. It's the same for any, any. I think, any sports organisation, whatever you want to call it. We do need them. And, you know, there are fellas that are coming through. We probably, you know, we have we have a lesser number but there's less people in this yeah, province yeah. than any other province like but we have we, more time to give these guys then so that's the advantage you hear about that in sports sometimes yeah yeah, yeah well, I suppose we get to back our own guys a bit more yeah. because off the back of that like uh, you know if, uh, Leinster half the population of the country lives in inside Leinster like so um, for here we're, it's going to be a good bit different like so you know we watched the Eagles um, last night and you know there's some local guys in that and they'll need some time as well and they'll flourish because of that that's why Paul Boyle it's, um, personally I think that's one of the reasons he's flourished now because he had those Eagles games last year I know he's not a local fellow but hey his granddad's from that league and very proud of that fact apparently yeah um, he's so, so proud yeah. I know but you know that's that's the, the reason you know the re- we need extra time to take two players I think our own players and maybe they flourish a little bit later on than you get from other provinces and that's, a go- that's okay too so we had a half time we had the present we had the two the, the under 18s teams both the girls and boys coming out and being presented there and if you go back through the squads especially the, more more in the boys squad they're coming from places like Kalash to Kiran out in Carrow they're coming from places like Carlos uh, Nakoraba from Oran Moore from 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 non-traditional rugby schools probably you know which is a great credit actually to the clubs as much as anything else. We need to we need to say that. But if there is only three provinces, what is the where those guys would get lost? They would mm. get absolutely lost. And the same with the girls as well. They, they're 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 not they're going to get swallowed up by into a monster unless the system that has traditional powerhouses of with of the stockbroker belt in Dublin, Limerick and Cork, and they just would not be noticed. So you need the fourth province as well. The other the other provinces are looking at out, outside traditional areas as well. I'm not saying they're not, but these guys would be completely lost because. Yeah. They're just further away. It's more effort for the, for the, for the Ulster, Munster and Leicester coaches. So there needs to be a fourth province. And the benefits can be seen, as in, with the under-18 wins. And we benefit from it. Keen, I mean, Keen, uh, Caitlin is from, from, is from Monavay. It is not. It is, it is a rugby hotbed, but it's not the number one sport out there. Same, and Sean would have possibly been... Sean, well, Sean's, Sean, I think, would have been lost. Would not have been lost. But some of the other guys that have come through, some guys are slow burners. We see them. They get lost in Leinster and they find a home here because they're allowed to develop here. Near Adiolokan. Near Adiolokan. I'd even say Tom Farrell lost... Matt Healy. To, Tom Farrell lost, lost to Leinster, but we decided... But no, he is, a, he, he, is, he is definitely someone who benefited from from being allowed to develop here and also give credit to the English clubs as well. And do you know what? As we hand to the in-match audio, which just shows you that the format's a little bit mixed up. Alan's not around to keep us on track. That's what's happening here. But uh, no harm. Mix it up a little bit this week, much iconic day during the game. Before we go to the in-match audio, though, here we are. I think it's the first time maybe in three years in this podcast we've mentioned the old days where we were possibly in, when an opportunity, or where there was a chance the Connacht might be disbanded. 
there was a time about five, six years after that where people would say, don't mention that. It's not about that anymore. Don't bring it up. It was like, don't mention the war stuff. Whereas now, I think, let's mention it. Because now's the time, years later, when we take a breath, the fruits of the labour of those people who kept this province alive, nights like this, Lindley mentioned it from the outset, isn't the sports ground an amazing place? But you on a can't night ignore like history. Yeah. Because it's history is our foundation. History, it? Exactly. That's exactly it. So, I mean, when you look today and what... Uh, we have gone through, or Connacht people have gone through to be here today, it's like people go through in their own lives. People go through struggles and they mm. go through celebrations and, and Connacht as an entity is, is just that. And I think it's on nights like tonight, as Andy Friend said, we're not going to get carried away though, but he told the boys, celebrate and enjoy tonight, but don't get carried away. And I think that's a, that's a good advice. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can mention what happened 15 years ago in the context of, uh, excuse me, but how much of a stupid idea it was. Mm. So we can look at that now and say, well, what? who came up with that idea? Because it's a, it was a ridiculous idea. Yeah, how wrong yeah, were they? Exactly. Back in 2003, each and every man in the room who, and I choose man carefully because let's be honest, we know who it was back in those days. Each man in that room who just took a decision, you know what, we don't need contact. How wrong they were on a night like this. Because, and I think the reason why we're buzzing is because one thing I push back against is every time we lose a big game, people say, how many internationals had they on the pitch? How many caps had they on the pitch? How many caps, Niall, had the Scarlets on the pitch tonight? And Lions caps as well. And how dominant were Connacht in possession and territory? Well, uh, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, I was only talking about is look, one of our internationals actually, um, uh, when Ulton, when he came on, he was like a man possessed. Which is great. It is great. And you know what? Um, Thornbury was a loss as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, we are developing more depth and more depth, and the squad is going to be tweaked, as we, you know, as we've heard. And, but we can develop the squad now to really push us, push us through into you know, territory that we've, we've been in before, but we can go back into again. Because uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. It'll be a kind of, um, I feel it'll be a kind of bit of a watershed season. Hmm. You know, we'll have, um, things are going to, you know, not so much change, but, uh, you know, we I think there was going to be lots of positives in this year uh, on the field and off the field, hopefully, as well. So, um, uh, and I think as a province, the province can push forward off it. There's a lot of things happening that are really good here. Like David's just been talking about the 18s. You know, there's loads and loads of work being done and we just need to, it just needs to keep going now and the branch need to, need to really push on for, from, all, from all this positivity. And it's, it's funny because the end goal of the professional team, it's, it's men's sport and it's the men's team, but I just love the way everything else has been intertwined so well with the women's rugby in the last couple of weeks and a good job and credit to, to the two men in this podcast around here at the moment, William and Alan, who've done a great job covering the interpros and women's rugby and keeping up to date with the under-18s girls and just seeing that very, I, I was going to say very unique, God, I hate when people say very unique, seeing that unique moment uh, out on, the, on a rugby pitch uh, to see like two under-18 teams, boys and girls who won in the same season from a tiny little province like us. Like, we're not overstating, that's massive. Yeah, I think, I just want to go back very briefly when you were talking about the empowerment of Connacht players. The energy that was shown on the pitch tonight. If you looked for for brief minutes at individual players and you saw them chasing chasing literally, who was right at the very end, I can't remember who it was, who dived literally. Some far Tom Farrell, who literally dived on a ball. They're not just playing for Connacht, and this is, I think, which where you're talking about Andrew Friend coming from empowering mm. his players. They're actually playing for themselves. Mm. And when they're playing for themselves, they're playing as a team. And that's really the whole essence of, of a team sport. It's the first thing you have to do. 
I think you have to play for your, you know you have to play yeah. for yourself and I don't mean you know go and we you know seek all the glory or whatever but you've got to play for yourself why else would you do it mm. you know what I mean that's that's your first step and then you look and you have the fellas beside you and you know then look into the standard of the people all you know all following you there and the management and everything so you know there's I think there's a lot of things but the first thing I think you have to do I think you're right the first thing you have to do is play for yourself otherwise what's the point <laughs> Wherever you are, sit back and enjoy the sounds of the game. William Davis and Niall this week. Niall Shale, who has just landed here, just before kickoff, great bit of timing. Uh, what's your feeling now? You've just come into the ground. The place was quite low energy until Connor actually appeared there, and we're just about to kick off. I know, I'm looking forward to this one. Full squad, almost pretty much a full strength team back, so. Uh, yeah, this is this is going to be good. I want to see some better better defence from our back three and a bit more heavy carrying. So looking looking forward to seeing Copeland in action. We'll be back in 20 minutes to see how it's going. The Scarlet's front row for this scrum is Phil Price, Ken Owens and Samson Lee. Connick fans were a little bit frustrated that they, uh, the physios who, who were taking the player off got in, got in the way of the play, but you have to have player safety in your mind too and that player was concussed and they were anxious to get him off the field as quickly as possible scrum to connect inside the 22 clean ball for Aki off a pass for Marmion and Aki's got through two tackles what an offload and Farrell scores the try underneath the post oh Bundy Aki won an impact in these early stages just coming up to uh, 21 minutes gone here Niall it's uh, Connacht 10 Scarlet 6 Played against the run of play we've just had a penalty for the Scarlets but uh, how do you think it's going so far Good. If we can cut out the, just a little bit of ill-discipline there, um, if we can just cut that out, uh, you know they haven't offered anything so far. But they are dangerous when they go wide. Um, so we're just Connacht kind of have playing really well. Bundy's really fired up, really up for it. Uh, Copeland has put in a massive, massive carry earlier. Your man had to be taken off, and a couple of big hits. And this is the physicality we've been lacking. I feel over the last while. And um, this is, uh, uh, yeah, I'm enthused. I think it's very good. Half time here, and Connacht leading 20 points to 13. Niall, it's been. Uh, it's been pretty much what we expected. It's high octane stuff. A lot of, lot of little errors, but uh, both sides going for it. Yeah, that's true. It's a little bit loose. A little bit loose. Some great hits in it. Uh, our discipline is key for the rest of the game. Uh, like any try is seven points uh, with half any round, and any penalty is kicked. It's, it's simply the way it is with him. The um, I just I'd like to see Copeland on the on the ball a bit more. He had one carry. We didn't really see him since he's picked a couple of times. Maybe that's the tactic because. Uh, Clinically, you'd know that, but um, I, I'm enjoying the game. Very good. We got some great scores, but uh, like I said, a new, just a bit more, di- a bit more uh, better discipline. I think we'll be fine. And the benches are going to be key here, aren't they? Well, that's it. I'd say Bundy's going to be blown a bit, and uh, maybe in about 60 minutes, um, he hasn't played much rugby in the last while. So, um, outside of that, it, they will be key. They will be key. We need to keep the pressure on. Um, there's rumours that Dennis Buckley been, a little, you know, not not being great during the week. So, uh, hopefully, he can manage. We'll be back at 60 minutes. 60 minutes gone, Niall Connacht. I've had a lot of possession, a lot of position, but no points in this half. Yeah, no, uh, we're lucky with the crossfield kick there. It didn't bounce to right, but I felt, uh, it, was, it was on for a good while there. Uh, we knocked on in contact a couple of times. We're knocking on the door, but we just need to, we just need to get through it now in the minute. Um, they are very dangerous, though, when they get their hands on the ball. Here's that Scarlet's uh, ball. For the first time in the second half, we're going to hear the Scarlet's fans singing. I can 
Hear them drumming it up. There's about a hundred of them down below us in the main stand. Big scrum in the game. Scarlets have got it, and now they're going to attack from inside their own half. Connick need to push up in the line and make the tackle. The man who made the knock on Bundyaki wants to make amends, and he makes a great tackle. What a turnover from Connick! They're back on the front foot. I think they might have been blade there. Here's O'Brien. What an offload! Lee Evelyn's going out to make the post, and Connick are going to win this game. A monstrous moment in the beginning of the season. sportsnewsireland.com for their sponsorship of the podcast go to sportsnewsireland.com for all your Connacht rugby team news brilliant stuff did you say you just made it up and before kickoff was it just before I was getting <laughs> uh, really uh, I uh, William had his, uh, had his eyebrow down oh. when he was <laughs> you want to mess with the producer yeah, no 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 <laughs> it'll never happen again sir uh, yeah but uh, no, it was a pleasure to do it. It was, it was, it was, it was good. It was good fun. Ah, excellent. I hope you enjoyed that, folks. All right, we're getting to the end of this week's podcast. Oh, we're having so much fun this season. Uh, but I think we're going to have more fun now that this win was on the belt. I was worried, Lindley. I was worried about the prospect of Connacht being one and six. I'm sorry for the negativity, but I was just thinking of these fixtures. You could lose to the Scarlets in the tight one. You could lose to Leinster. You could lose to Ulster. And I was like, oh no, that could really kill the momentum. Now I feel. I feel like we're on the front foot. Oh, I think you've got every right to be okay, to, to to look at that because you know it is it is a it is a possible it was a possibility. And when you've got a team like the Scarlets coming, who, who actually I have to say one like my favourite favourite team. I, I actually love the Scarlets, yeah. and we they, now they are missing a few players like the Davies players, and obviously they we missed have, a seven and and. Uh, yeah. Wayne Pivak did emphasise that. He yeah. did. And he said, look, to be, to be fair, he said that, you know, Connacht deserved the win tonight. Hmm. They didn't play as they should have played. And they were very close to full strength, Lenny. I know what you're saying, but they were missing, like, in particular, seven yeah. and a couple of key components that might have given them a little bit of an edge. Yeah. But they're pretty much at full strength. So, yes, you know, you have to look at the prospect that Connacht yeah. would have, could have lost tonight. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it 50-50, 60, 40 even mm. that Connacht, you know, could have lost. But they didn't. And they, they, they produced, you know, probably the most complete performance of this season. There's obviously more to come. And they, that's the challenge. That's the way to go into a 200 pros, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You bring that. It, 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 it's the energy that was there. It wasn't from the first minute. Like, there was... And there was there was just an energy that was out. they were up for this game and your worry is that you're thinking well last week what's the, what's the repercussions from last week and I, I did worry when I saw that certainly from 9 to 15 I thought oh my god he's picked virtually everybody he could do yes he doesn't have a Jonathan Davies yes he doesn't have a Steph Evans yes he doesn't have a James Davies but you're still thinking that's a fantastic backline. the front three are all capped there's three cap players on the bench you've got Hidago Klein and Angus O'Brien has always played well against us to come off the bench and Really, we negated them from from the first moment. There were a couple of things, and obviously, as Andy said, there were things he wouldn't be too happy with in terms of how their choice was scored. But we bring that energy, and also we we bring the energy we brought. I know 
it was the last game of the season, there was not a lot riding on it from us. And, Le- and Le- the Leinster fans always argued that, oh, we only sent down the B team. But I'm, if we bring that energy, com- that intensity of today, with the energy and enthusiasm we brought to the last game here against Leinster, I think there's a very good chance we could turn them over. But we can't be complacent because they could send down guys with a 15 we've never heard of who could still turn us over we will have yeah that's true because <laughs> they so much depth we still have heard of them but yeah I know what you mean yeah that's true no, I was just when Lenny was talking there it was got me thinking about the Scarlet's try there the pride he got they are absolutely fantastic at identifying space. Oh I God. love the way they play rugby. I love the way they play rugby. It was end-to-end rugby. Yeah. Kept the ball in hands. Yeah. Um, Both tries, really. But I think it started, the one, started yeah. from the left and it finished in the right. Oh, yeah. they, they changed the point of attack three or four times. Just uh, it's lovely. It's, I just lo- it's lovely to watch. It's a, it's an education watching rugby like that. It's, it's a really good, good job player. we didn't give them territory or too much possession, and that's a credit to Carty and others. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Jack kicked really, really well, and I love the fact that we're kicking the ball again. I love the fact that we're kicking the ball again. You don't have to put boot to ball the whole time, but we really used that space. Like when uh, the identification went half, and he was he wasn't he wasn't right. He was limping, and it just he took him on a tour of the pitch. And that's you know that's really intelligent rugby, and that's you know that's as good for me to watch as to watch uh, you know seven offloads out of a tackle for a try is watching you know really well placed kicks like that, and you know because that's what rugby is. It's it's there are all different types of the of the game that you can play, all different sorts of the game you can play. All right, since we're talking about Scarlets, here's their coach. Wayne Pivak and they give us a chance to get out of the way of all the people trying to clean up here Wayne that was a, was a tough evening for you for the Scarlets you wouldn't have, uh, have a lot of ball to play with um, only up about 36% something like that a little bit less in the first half so it was really uh, continu- continu- sorry, continuation of that first half of it doubling up so uh, yeah, we're going to have to have a look at that I think um, you know they used the ball a lot better than we did um, you know they built uh, plenty of phases and, and scored some good tries. I think we got over five phases about twice and scored a couple of tries ourselves. So, you know, we look after the ball a bit better than we did today. Um, some of our option taking wasn't flash, and yeah, I think uh, you know we're hurt without a seven at the moment. It's normally one of our strengths is uh, slowing ball down and turning ball over, and we weren't able to do that today. And um, you know, as I say, Connor were very good. They looked after the ball and scored some good tries as a result. Was there some inaccuracy in the first half as well? A bit of a continuation maybe from last week. Balls in midfield not quite going for you and players not maybe in the right positions? Oh, look, we're not playing our best rugby. Um, we'd like to be playing a lot better than we are, but um, you know, we, we need to be improving in some of these areas. And uh, you know, players are working very hard. Um, it's just a little bit disjointed at times. Um, you know, with uh, what we're doing at training with some of the players that are sort of in, an, in one week out the next, so it doesn't help. But certainly no excuses uh, today. I think Connacht were better on the day, and sometimes you've just got to say that well done to the opposition. And Lee Halfpenny coming off there with a bit of an injury. Is there any update on that? No, I think he just got um, uh, took a little knock to the ankle. I don't know how bad that is. Uh, look at all the players, obviously, uh, again in the morning, and we'll have a report uh, early in the week. The competition is it's improving every year in terms of, of, of each team. Um, sort of closing the gap, if you like. I think um, you know, shown with our results, you know, we've had a good performance against Leinster, and then you know, lucky to get away with a win against Treviso at home with 15 on 14. So, you know, we're not playing our best rugby. We know that, and uh, it's something we have to address very, very quickly. Without without much ball and without much territory, I thought the try we scored to get us back into the game. Um, we felt that we had an opportunity to win the game at 26-20, and uh, it would have been a bit tough on on Connacht. But then uh, the story of the game, yeah. We, we uh, turn over some possession and, and get punished. So, uh, 
fully deserved that win and um, very disappointed that we didn't get any points. Brilliant, that was Wayne Pivak and that is us almost done. Just enough time for any other business. I'm going to keep you all really snappy on this. I have one, but we'll start with... Uh, yeah, just the Eagles last night down at Lone um, for the game last night. Didn't get the result they needed, but it just struck me... Um, when I saw uh, Paul Boyle, he was there. He was running water for the game, and it just struck me that the, those Eagle games, Eagles games last year, were a huge, you know, huge benefit to him in his career. And I was just looking at some of the players out in the pitch. Matty Burke came on. Keane Huxford was there. You know, Hugh Lane got two fantastic tries. Uh, you know, um, there is for a raw young fella of eighteen, and it just struck me that how important the Eagles are uh, to to the province. And the results are important, and I, I, I understand, and I get that, but. You know, the game time for them at that higher level that you know they they wouldn't get in the AIL is um is it's a fantastic thing for them. Like um you know I was looking at a few of them and physically they were possibly a little bit under not underdeveloped but less developed than the opposition. But um just the work rate they were putting in, you could see the way they were getting on the ball, the way they were trying to the tackles they were making, the way they were getting over the ball, and it just it really did it really did hit home and how important the Eagles are and. Um, how important that competition is and I'm hoping that it goes home and away next year that there's that many games you know uh, for it because I think it'll be it'll be a huge thing for them you know Tune in to the midweek podcast Thursday morning it'll be out Lots, we'll have a little bit more from the Eagles game uh, William was there Lindley was there and you were there and I think Dave was there as well Dave you're any other business is? Yeah I mean no, on any other weekend this would be the result of the weekend it's uh, last year's final has been beaten by going away and been beaten with a strong team but I think the result of the weekend has to be the one down in South Africa the Southern Kings 38 Glasgow 28 I think in the wider context of what the Southern Kings are trying to do they've been constantly written off by certain sections of the medium why are they in the competition what do they bring to the competition well they bring enthusiasm they are let's be frank about it trying to establish uh, an African team in a tradition in, in a non rugby playing area they're doing they're doing the damage they get they're probably the least amount of money in the South African system and results like that today are huge not just in terms of them specifically but in terms of the competition other results today uh, I think a significant win for Bernard Jackman they've beaten uh, they've beaten the Zebra 16-5 at time of recording uh, Leinster are beating Edinburgh 7-0 I'm not sure if that'll That'll improve Richard Cockrell's mood. And just before halftime, it's Ospreys 10, Treviso 3. In terms, of, in terms of us, Ospreys win that game. They jump ahead of us. We are now third in the table and we're ahead of Munster. Love this. Live updates in the middle of a podcast that are that largely you, irrelevant to people. That you'll hear on Wednesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> largely irrelevant. Hey, final one for me. And Lindley, you're okay for any other business? Fine. That's fine. Final one for me is uh, our, our friend, friend of the podcast, podcast team member as far as we're concerned, James Crombie, was down in the corner uh, where uh, Keen Keller took, well, was c- trying to catch a ball. Keen and, Keller and, took him out, Rob. Let's, yeah, let's be was, honest. I'm going to tiptoe around that, but fair enough. I, I, would, I would argue McNichol jumped into Keller, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, yeah, he took him out in the air and the two of them landed and King Keller landed on top of James Grumby and his laptop and everything else. And the best part of that story is after the game, he ran up to James and said, James, I'm sorry, I tried to avoid your laptop as best I could. Uh, like, seriously, <laughs> like James has said it himself, I think you needed to be worrying about other things than my laptop. <laughs> Happy to report, Keen, and he's already found this out anyways, that James's laptop is fine. On that bombshell, we'll talk to you Thursday. Miss you, Alan. <laughs> Oh yeah, bye. Alan's over in Canada watching hockey. He's watching hockey. I've never been more jealous of the man. Really? Really? You you do need to get out more. I do, I get out more. Loose, cut it loose. 
break out or nothing changes sad and confused don't wait until